Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform. And follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello and welcome back to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. We are here for episode 151. 151 weeks of doing this. It's uh, bigger than 150, so we're going to celebrate every week from here on out. <laughs> Tune into episode 200, though. Uh, we're we've, we're going to tease it from here on out as well. <laughs> Build up. Uh, it's a long, long way, but we're planning something big, mm-hmm. so stay tuned. Before we jump into any news, I'm going to introduce everybody. Uh, Lucas, meet myself, Wyatt, Bart, Aiden, and Jared are going to be hosting this podcast for you. And in before all of the uh, really big news, we're going to jump into some news that we missed that we're not going to do any deep dives on. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins both got contract extensions from the Golden State Warriors, leaving Draymond Green, the predicted odd man, out. Any big reactions to that? Unsurprised. No, not not really. I mean, mm-hmm. we all kind of knew that Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins were coming back. We'll kind of see what happens. There is a theory that Draymond get, may get traded before the trade deadline this offseason I, I, or this season. I'd be pretty shocked about that, but you never really know. Speaking of guys who did get traded, though, Robbie Anderson got in a fight with the Panthers wide receiver coach and interim head coach Steve Wilkes uh, on the Panthers sidelines. He got traded to Arizona the very next day. I don't even think it lasted eight hours. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Panthers are in a pretty bad spot. They currently hold the number one overall pick. They are shopping Christian McCaffrey and any other assets to the highest bidder. Right now, the Bills are the name in the mix via social media, but the the reports are that it's pretty quiet right now between the Bills and Panthers. Yeah, because they're apparently looking for uh, two first-rounders minimum, right? I saw that somewhere, so look. good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you, you wait till the, the stars, deadline. You might land yeah. on the moon. You know, you never know what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Can't wait for him to get traded for a conditional fifth round pick. The Celtics, <laughs> <laughs> the Celtics won their season opener against the 76ers. The 76ers are now the worst team in the league. Could <laughs> be a tough year, Lucas. You think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's gonna be more of the same as every other year, ever. Yeah. I feel like already starting in the yeah. in, in the the trenches here. Got to build your way up from here. Yeah. yeah. You have enough this year, Lucas. Well, you know, the rich shouldn't get richer in terms of Philly sports teams. You guys can have yeah, an off exactly. year in basketball. Someone has to be the sacrificial exactly. lamb. Exactly. Yeah. If it's the Was Sixers, it would not be my first choice for them to be the sacrificial lamb, but I'll take it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the Flyers are expected to do, but... <laughs> they're, they're undefeated so far this season. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, who the the Ooh. perennial juggernaut Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't even really follow that shit. I'm like, wow, <laughs> crazy. Russell Wilson has another injury and a losing effort. He's considered day to day with a hamstring injury. So, I think it's easier now to list what parts of his body do work rather than what don't. <laughs> He's gonna be losing every week with a loss. Something else pops back up. How convenient. Once you get into the bye weeks, everybody's listed as day to day. Almost everybody. <laughs> like, goodness gracious. Not us. The <laughs> last time we talked about Russell Wilson, though, because we're going to jump into the NFL power rankings, the top 10 teams <laughs> in the NFL. I'm going to give you a spoiler. They're not in it, but we're going to figure out who well, is. 
Jared, you never know. <laughs> Jared Shock is here, but he's taking the cake in the number one overall pick. Jared, who is the best team in the NFL? Well, the top three are pretty clear. And for me personally, I'm not going to get like cute and say the Bills are the best team, even though they are very good. I still have to give it to the Eagles for the fact that they have not lost yet. Um, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they haven't played good team as good of teams as the bills have like if you want to look like strength of record or strength of schedule where the bills have more impressive wins over like the chiefs and the ravens but they play in the AF- the afc the eagles i'm not going to penalize them for playing in the lesser conference this year and they're not really going to face anybody good the rest of this year either which i thought was funny the the other teams they play are going to be the steelers texans commanders colts packers titans giants bears cowboys Saints and Giants. Cowboys are the only team they're going to lose to, probably. So, whoa! Show some respect to the. I Giants. think Eagles. I think Eagles are number one right there. I genuinely like would not be shocked if the Eagles won seventeen and out. Like I don't even think that's like super far outside their own possibility at this point. Like their their schedule is just mm-hmm. so brutal going forward in terms of like not even because I think the Eagles are like the greatest team in the NFL history or even maybe the best team in the NFL this year. I think the Bills might actually be the better team. But I think their schedule is just so easy going forward that it's like maybe the Titans are a challenge, maybe the Cowboys are a challenge. But other than that, it's like just like a a who's who of bad teams in the NFL they play the rest of this year. Book yeah, the, yeah, book it if you're that confident, Lucas. Oh, I'm not that confident. Okay, good. I said, I, I said I, it's not outside the realm of possibility that it could happen. Yeah. You know, I would not be shocked if it happened. I don't think it's necessarily going to, but I wouldn't be shocked. I'd still be shocked. It's very hard. Yeah. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, and the Cardinals last year, for example, had a really good, a really electric start, and then kind of cooled off. So, yeah. hopefully, that's not their trajectory for the sake of Eagles fans. But I'll put them number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Lucas, who is the number two team in the NFL? Yeah, I think this one's also pretty clear cut, and I actually think they do have a relatively compelling case to be number one. But I think it's the Buffalo Bills. I think their win over the Chiefs is maybe the most impressive one of the year. They are one of right three five and one teams at this point, um, and they are clearly the most impressive of those five and one teams. Um, the Bills and the Eagles are the only teams who are top five in yards per game, top five in yards against, um, and top five in turnovers. Their offense is first in yards per game. Um, this is an absolutely great team. Like Jared said, they've played a relatively tough schedule and they've emerged out of it five and one, and are pretty elite in nearly every statistical category. So I think the Bills, yeah, have a pretty good case to be number one. I might slightly give the edge to the Eagles too just because of them being undefeated, but I would not hate anybody who chose the Bills at one here either. So I'm picking them at two. Good pick. They're impressive. Bart, who is the number yeah, three Yeah, this team one's not going to surprise anybody else either. I'm going to say it's the Chiefs. I think that's the, the same order we had last time <laughs> for the top three. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, obviously uh-huh. they just lost yeah. to the Bills, but uh, it was a four-point game, right? We were we were one late interception away from some Mahomes magic where they once again could have pulled out a late win, and then we would be saying something very different here. I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense is clearly their weak spot, but offensively they can still go toe-to-toe with anybody. Mahomes is still arguably the best quarterback in the league. I'm... Yeah. Like they're four and two right now. There are teams with better records, but I think most people would take the Chiefs in the game head to head against almost any team in the league. So I'm gonna say Chiefs here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still an impressive offense coming off of that performance, even only scoring twenty points. I think they rank very highly amongst other offenses in the league. Can't can't knock them for that very much. 
Aiden, who is the fourth best team in the NFL? Let's start mixing it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this is where yeah. it gets murky for sure. Um, I've got the Vikes Ooh. at four. Yep. Shout out Minnesota. Yeah, they did get trounced by the Eagles a few weeks back, but that is their only loss. They're five and one. It's hard to tell how good they are and how good a lot of teams are right now, given that, you know, they had big wins over the Packers in week one. You know, last week they beat the Dolphins pretty easily, but we don't know how good either of those teams are at this point, especially Dolphins without Tua and the Packers after getting swept at Lambeau uh, by New York teams. So it is hard to tell, but 5-1 and one warrants respect. Uh, it seems like the vibes are good in Minnesota <laughs> right now. I saw a video of Kirk wearing multiple diamond chains after the win. I, I saw that too. I've I saw that too, yeah. looks so uncool in diamond chains, but you know, maybe he's got some swag now. Um, and it, it seems like He's hyped, the team is hyped, and they're very much in control mm-hmm. of the NFC North right now. A four-game win streak, and, you know, over their last three games, the Packers, Bears, and Lions have combined to go 1-8. and eight. So they're making things easy for the Vikes right mm-hmm. here. And the Vikes have the Cardinals and Commanders coming up, so all signs point to them rolling. So we'll, we'll see, but I think they deserve a top-five spot at the moment. Top-four spot, even, at the moment. Mm-hmm. It is what they're calling Kirktober. <laughs> which is classic Kirk oh. Cousins monster October <laughs> performances. Look out for the rest of the league. Kirktober is uh, coming for you at number five. I say it with my chest out with a little bit of bass in my voice. I have the New York football oh giants goodness. as the fifth best team in the NFL. And if you were to ask me last week, I would have been very humble and I would have put them at 10 or nine kind of just deciding on where they are. We don't really know if beating the Packers is a statement win, but we do know that beating the Baltimore Ravens is a statement win. They have won oh. games gritty. They have won games tough. This is a masterclass in coaching, and Brian Dayball is going to get a lot of other first-year coaches fired for how well he's <laughs> doing when everybody can look over at, at the, the blue state of New York and, and say, look, look, what they're, look what they're doing out there. So... The New York football giants who are now the second best team in that division um, and are probably a playoff team in the NFC. I don't get to say that very often. I haven't been able to say that since 2016. Very proud of them. New York football giants. I feel like the giants, the only thing they're good at is coaching. <laughs> After that, what else are they good at? <laughs> um, saw, they're five and one. That. What, what the five and one, but yeah, they just win games close. That is something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Has, their run game is fantastic. And their defense is really, is doing really well as well. Kayvon Thibodeau has come uh, up big for them in a couple spots, especially against the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. And they were on TV, national television. <laughs> they're, know, they're good at morning, morning TV. How, yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a West Coast game than New York-Baltimore. What a game. Jared, who is the sixth best team in the NFL? I'm also saying this uh, with, a, with my uh, chest out. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, look. The Eagles picked off Cooper Rush three times and it was still a close game according to the ringer this is a stat that bart introduced me to last episode i think <laughs> cooper rush ranks 27th in expected points added per drop back no, that was me oh. oh was that you okay oh i thought you were gonna say the pythagorean or whatever yeah you know, <laughs> no 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 I, epa i don't think I'd, i had heard of until recently any or anyway either but cooper rush is 27th in the league since he's been playing in expected points added per drop back in a clean pocket Defense is still super solid, even if they haven't exactly played 
prolific offenses. I will acknowledge that. So I'm fine with like a team like the Giants or Vikings being in front of them, for example. But they also, even all that, they're, like I said, they held the Eagles to 268 yards, which is by far the Eagles' lowest yardage in a game. And their points were very opportunistic because of like field position and um, Cooper Rush's mm-hmm. turnovers, for example. Ba- and based on how the Cowboys rebounded in that second half, I think if they played the Ravens, they would overcome whatever double-digit def- uh, double digit lead the Ravens did have <laughs> and win that game. So for now, I'm going to put the Cowboys in front at six. I saw a lot of power rankings this week that the Cowboys at four, which seems like a bit of a stretch. But well, I don't know that without with, with Dak, they, this team that I think they would have won. We'll you actually just oh. reminded me, Jared. I saw some in some power rankings that the Eagles are like bottom five in third quarter and fourth quarter points, which partly I think explains how they fell apart, sort of. Yeah. But that is probably gonna be the reason they lose a game yeah. uh, if they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can get into this more later, but they've also get had such it, big leads at halftime yeah. that yeah, yeah we'll, we'll put a pin in that. Unless you want to book, they're going seventeen zero right now. There are no, <laughs> there are no arguments. No, I do not. Lucas, who is the seventh best team in the NFL? Uh, we're staying in New York, and we're going with the New York Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I think having a four and two record to start off is nothing to sneeze at. It's a great time to be a New Yorker. We've already got all three <laughs> New York teams in the top seven. I mean, you know, well, only one New, New Jersey, York whatever. Team. Yes, uh, yes, but you know, two New Jersey. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the Jets—they're nothing to sneeze at. They're four and two. They have what I think are good wins, but although it's yet to be determined, over the Packers and the Dolphins, their only two losses are to good teams as well, or who at least I think are good teams in the Bengals and the Ravens. Again, there's so much middling like of the pack this year in three and three, four and two, two and four type teams. But I think the Bengals and Ravens are both solid. They are the Jets are both top ten in yards against and points per game. They have a positive turnover margin and they're playing well. So I think for all those reasons, like especially with like the NFL being as muddled as it is this year, I think that any team that has four or two deserves a shot to be at this high. And I think the Jets have somewhat proven it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Zach Wilson actually started to like play well. This would be a like a pretty scary team, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, like he's been met so far. Like Brees Hall's he, been kind of carrying it. The defense oh, yeah. with you know Sauce Gardner and Quinnen Williams have been carrying it. Yeah, but if Zach Wilson like actually kind of developed, this would be fun to watch. They're already fun to watch, but they could yeah. actually be a threat. I have Michael I've Carter heard... and Brees Hall on both of my like fantasy different teams, and they they've been doing well for me. I've heard people say that the Jets might have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year this year, which would be wild. Mm. And Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner, Sauce's cool. swag is. Fantastic. Him wearing the cheese head or whatever <laughs> out of <laughs> Lambo and having Alan Lazard take it off his head. <laughs> He's already an elite corner. Every time I'm I watch him or I see a tape of him, I'm very impressed with the way that he plays that position. Hard position to hardest position to play in football, ain't that right, Jared? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh Bart, who is the eighth best team in the NFL? I think I'm going to say that record is not as meaningful as some people might think. I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I'm going to say that a 3-3 three and three Ravens team is better than some other 4-2 and two teams. Um, basically, the Ravens, to me, are a textbook example of uh, eventually regressing to the mean. I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're a really good team with some bad luck. They've had such close losses. What is the stat for them? They've had three losses where they led by double digits already. In six games. It's crazy. 
So mm-hmm. I think that I think they will figure out how to close. I think they will be able to play games where Lamar doesn't make two boneheaded turnovers late in the game to give the Giants a win. <laughs> Uh, and not to mention, they already have some some impressive wins because they've already beaten the Jets uh, and the Bengals. So I yeah, their defense definitely needs work, but I think the Ravens overall are a really good team, and three and three isn't really totally doing them justice. So I think they're reasonable at eight. I also saw on the Ringers power rankings that they've trailed for a combined like one minute and fifty eight seconds in their three losses. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Aiden, who is the ninth best team in the NFL? Oh, no teams like excite me here, but I'm gonna go Chargers. Mm-hmm. They remain a oh. super frustrating team to watch sometimes. I mean, they had the inexplicable 38 to 10 loss against the Jags. You know, their other loss was a close one to the Chiefs, which is allowed, but they did not look convincing against the Broncos yesterday. Uh, but they, their offensive line has had a ton of injuries. Keenan Allen has not really played, so the fact that they're four and two. I feel like is is pretty good for them uh, if they can get guys back, and you know their their wins have not been convincing. Their wins over the Raiders, Texans, and Browns were by five, ten, and two points respectively. Um, but I, I feel like given what they've had so far, things are okay if they're four and two, and I think they still have some some upside once they're healthy. Yeah, kind of here at the bottom and um, number 10, the 10th best team in the NFL right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, it's kind of hard to get excited about any of these guys here at the bottom. I was expecting to actually be able to pick the Chargers anywhere, whether you, depending on where you felt about the Bengals. They're 3-3, three and three, which isn't exactly stunning, but they won a late game against New Orleans in Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's homecoming back to, New or- uh, to Louisiana. So that's fun, uh, but Jamar Chase actually did have a, a pretty good performance. And my fantasy team reflected that in a different league, not the podcast league. Um, so it's it's uh it's good to see that they might be getting back on track offensively. I would love to see a little bit more out of some of the pieces on their defense kind of come alive. I think that they last year put together a really good defensive performance schematically, and I haven't exactly seen that. I would love to see this offensive line start to gel more. Between Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, they have the offensive firepower to kind of outlast a lot of teams, but I'd like to see more pieces come together so they can move higher up in the power rankings. But that means teams like Green Bay Packers, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, the San Francisco 49ers did not make the power rankings. We'll see kind of where they fall. Jacksonville Jaguars fell way out of it after the last time we ranked them. They're kind of hard to to watch as well. Dolphins fell from grace too. Yep. Dub Dolphins. I don't know if they were ranked last time, but they were. They were. High, they were like they third. Were three, our first yeah, one, right? a couple weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. in our power rankings. So. They didn't have a two. They haven't had two. So yeah, yeah. Dolphins yeah. with two. Could could get back up there. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I would love at the end of the season to see one of those graphs of the week by week power rankings that we do to see. Mm-hmm. Let's do see it. Goes rise and fall and all that. Yeah, let's do it. Somebody figure that out. Um, <laughs> maybe we did this out of order. We're gonna go to talk about the Buffalo Bills game against the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Buffalo and Kansas City faced off on a Sunday afternoon thriller. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes combined for a six hundred and sixty-seven passing yards and five touchdowns. Very impressive. Buffalo did force two interceptions out of Patrick Mahomes, including one to end the game. Josh Allen did not have any imperfections on his stat line. Aiden, is this the year that Buffalo finally gets over the Kansas City hump? 
Yeah, I think it is, but it's hard to say that with a lot of conviction, to be honest. It does feel like if any year has been the year that they're going to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, it's this year. Uh, But these games just always feel like toss-ups. It's on any given day, who knows who's going to win the game. It's, you know, potentially the the team with the the ball last. And the Bills Mm -hmm. did look like the better team on Sunday. You know, they were really getting to Mahomes. Von Miller in particular was wreaking havoc. He had two sacks and a key tackle on that third down scramble. Both of Mahomes' interceptions came when he was under pressure, when he was trying to force things. And Josh Allen obviously was fantastic. They really were exploiting Joshua Williams, the fourth rounder this year, who just was was starting due to injuries and was exploited for two touchdowns. But I'm really not distraught if I'm Kansas City, as we kind of talked about during the power rankings. You know, remember the Bills easily took out the Chiefs during the regular season last year, 38-20 to at Arrowhead. And that was another game where Mahomes got picked twice, and then they bounced back and beat the Bills in that classic playoff game. So it's not open and shut. But I think for the, the key for the Bills here is to keep the foot on the gas and secure home field first um, over the Chiefs. Because the last four games these teams have played, including the two playoff games, have been at Arrowhead. Uh, so just playing at home could be the edge the Bills need. And as we were kind of talking about during the intro, you know, I think they can make their roster better. And the specific you know, Carolina running back might be the key to that. <laughs> um, or just, just a running back in general because their their rushing attack really is their weakness at this point. I think their main weakness. Um, and you know the Chiefs are going to try to add some depth or even star power at receiver maybe going after OBJ or something like that. So I feel like the Bills have to be aggressive. And I don't know about two first-rounders for McCaffrey, but a first-rounder and, you know, a second or a third or something. They should really go for it here because I feel like this is this is the year to send it for them yeah. yeah there's a there's another player out there too that i think could make the bills uh better which is odell beckham jr who's kind of been linked to that team but that would just put them over the top also also a good option for the chiefs but that would really just mm-hmm. put it over the top for them also i think the addition of von miller this year has also been um a really big factor for the bills he already has six sacks this year if i'm not mistaken um yeah, six sacks this year, and doing that at age 33 is actually pretty insane. I thought there was definitely going to be a drop-off when they gave him such a big contract, but he's been playing pretty well this year um, for what they need him to do. So I also think that is a big uh, big addition and big reason why the Bills have taken potentially taken another step. But like you said, Aiden, I mostly, mostly what I think is going to come down to, like you said, is whoever has the ball last when they meet in the playoffs, I think, is going to win the game, basically. It'll probably be a close game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last year I said Von Miller was over the hill. I named him in the same <laughs> breath as OBJ and whatnot as guys who were past their prime, you know, trying to get that title with the Rams. And that was that was rude and clearly false. Well, <laughs> it helps when you join an already elite defense. And yeah, he's not. Yeah. There's no one guy you can focus on. So that's nice. I want to bring something up, though. I feel like there's been a lot of talk this week about like the Bills having avenged last year. And I feel like that talk is just kind of ridiculous. Like, I remember, like, Nick, Nick Wright did a whole big thing on his show and stuff like that, because um, he's a big Chiefs fan, and having guests on about, like, how the Bills had, like, avenged everything, and I just think it's, like, kind of ridiculous at this point. Like, they beat him in one regular season game by four points <laughs> to, like, make these bold claims that, like, everything is made right after last year. Like, I, I always say that narrative in sports generally when it's, like, oh, well, something has been avenged in a much lower stakes situation. Like, 
if you ask the Bills, I'm sure, like, does this make up for losing that playoff game last year? Like, all of them would absolutely say no. So, a slight tangential point, but I think that it's, like, one of the worst narratives in sports of, like, something being avenged when, like, again, the stakes are much lower than they are otherwise. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like the game distinctly felt like a teaser and not something that mattered all that much. Obviously, it matters. It helps the Bills towards home field. It's still a, you know, every game in the NFL is important. But just felt more like, oh, like this is, we're going to see this again. And that's when it's going to really matter. Yeah, and it wasn't played during primetime, I think, too. Which Which is bizarre. Yeah. Uh Let's put the Broncos on again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the Chiefs did lose, of course. And it kind of begs the question is, is Kansas City missing a weapon like Tyreek Hill to overcome teams like Buffalo? Or do they have someone on the roster that can kind of fill that go-to role outside of Travis Kelsey, who we know is spectacular, but they can't just rely on him? Is there Are they missing Tyreek, and, and do you think that they need to find somebody to fill that spot? Based... I don't know if they... Oh, Go sorry. ahead, Bart. I was going to say, based on some cherry-picked stats, they're actually better this season than they were with Tyreek. So... Like they they score on a higher percentage of their drives and they average more net yards per pass attempt. So and also like I was saying earlier, they were also one Mahomes interception late in the game away from winning again. In which case, we probably wouldn't be asking this question. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not so sure. I think Andy Reid and Mahomes are so good at scheming up guys open that losing Tyreek hasn't really been that big of a deal. Yeah, I was I was gonna say they are they definitely are better with Tyreek Hill, but they don't need him. They still have so much talent on that team that there's no way you can say they lack firepower or like the brain trust of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy is not enough. In terms of like the question, do they have someone on their roster now that can fill that role? I, I would st- I would still say like they don't have a Tyreek Hill guy because I feel like if they did, Andy Reid would would have figured that out already by now. Maybe they'd want to go out and get OBJ who could play that role and did a really good job in his kind of mercenary uh, role for the Rams last year. Um, but I don't really think that's necessary. I think maybe trying to shore up their running game a little bit might be a better use of their resources if they wanted to, because that's what's going to help Josh Allen. They're not If they're not going to rely on him being the primary rushing attack, like Josh Allen can't do everything, Mahomes can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Juju Smith-Schuster had a really good game against the Bills. Marquez Valdez-Scantley actually caught his first touchdown against the Bills. They had a lot of guys that they could lean on. Sky Moore, they talked about on the broadcast about him being a guy that is going to kind of coming to his own and get a little bit more schemes ran in his favor going forward throughout the season. And I don't really – I'm not going to buy into this loss as a huge loss. It is week six. They still do have the number one scoring offense, Kansas City does. Uh, number one scoring offense in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes still has the lowest touchdown to interception uh, percentage in NFL history at 7% or 7% this year, but it's, it's lower than that in his career. I believe that this is kind of one of those things that Buffalo wins and they show and they show a really good performance, but they didn't blow Kansas City out of the water. And outside of a huge addition, I don't necessarily believe that this is anything but a coin flip going into the playoffs. Von Miller looks spectacular, but he also does it against right tackles and Von Miller. I don't think Aiden, I don't think you're you're way off in saying that he might be over the hill as far as a 
one-on-one pass rusher, but he is kind of being plugged into a fantastic defense. And if I'm Buffalo, the only player I'm trading for on Carolina is DJ Moore. And I'm not trading for Christian McCaffrey, at least if I'm going to trade a first-round pick. You can get a fourth out of me for Christian McCaffrey, and that's about it. But I also believe the same thing for Kansas City right now is I would like to see them maybe add another wide receiver piece on the outside like DJ Moore or, or Odell Beckham Jr. But even Odell is a number two alongside an established number one. I don't know if he can go into Kansas City and be the guy and and kind of take over a game on a season-long aspect that way. So, But moving on to another head-to-head matchup, the Eagles actually did take the primetime spot on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles beat the Cowboys. Demarcus Lawrence stated that we won't know how good Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are until they play them boys because they're them boys. Well, we know now, Lucas, is this a statement win for the Eagles? And are they a lock to win the NFC, the conference of the NFC? Uh, I'll start with talking about the statement win. So I think this is absolutely a statement win uh, for the Eagles. Uh, You heard Cowboys fans complaining about after the game, like, oh, it was a backup QB. But with that same quarterback, the Cowboys went 4-0 with wins over some really good teams in there, including the Bengals, the Giants, and the Rams. The Cowboys, with or without Dak, or with or without Cooper Rush, are admittedly a good team, and the Eagles pretty much dismantled them, and the score was not even anywhere as close. as, Or the game was not as close as the 26-17 final score made it seem. The Eagles were up 20 to nothing at one point. The Eagles have done this all season, where they rack up so many points in the first half, they don't essentially have to play the second half and can still end up winning games. But I'll throw out a few stats again, just to prove how impressive this win was, regardless of any of that. Cooper Rush was not intercepted at all in his first four starts. The Eagles intercepted him three times. The Cowboys hadn't allowed more than 20 points in a game all season. The Eagles did that in the first half. Um, is this the full version of the Cowboys? Absolutely not. But again, this was a good team that the Eagles pretty much dismantled in the first half and could just kind of lay off and chill in the second half. Barta brought that up that stat before about lowest in third quarter and fourth quarter points, which is... Yes, true, but it's because they haven't had to score. Like, they've been up by in most of their games by 10 or 15 by the time halftime hits, and they can just sort of reel off and just sort of play clock management the rest of the game. It's good football to not run up the score on your opponents when you don't have to, and the Eagles aren't doing that. On the other hand, are they locked to win the NFC? No, absolutely not. But they are the favorites, I would say. Um, if you look at stats-wise, they're the only team in the NFC that's both top 10 in yards per game and yards allowed in the NFL. Um, they're, or, sorry, in yards allowed per game and points allowed per game, and they're the only team in the NFC that's top 10 points per game and top 10 yards per game on the offensive end of things. They're the only undefeated team, and they just seem like a really complete team this year, and the NFL, and the NFC is, again, traditionally, uh, or in this year at least, pretty weak compared to the AFC. The traditional powers like the Packers and the Buccaneers don't look great. The only other teams with good records, the Giants, the Vikings, and the Cowboys, really, I'm not convinced they're any good. So I think when looking at it as a whole, the Eagles are probably the favorites to win the NFC this year, even though I wouldn't necessarily call them locks. I disagree that that game was not as close as the score indicated. It was 2017, early in the fourth quarter. It felt like the Cowboys were on their way back. It really did. I am not convinced that without Dak. That with Dak, excuse me, they wouldn't have actually come back in that game. Because they yeah. were like, that was 100% just Zeke and Tony Pollard 
barreling through, you know, some okay throws from Cooper, but like it did not feel, yeah, maybe the Eagles took their foot off the gas, but it did not feel like, a, it felt like a close game for the second half to me at least. Yeah, like Bart said earlier, I, I think that not being able to close out an opponent opponent in the second half eventually will come back to bite you. And I, yeah, I, I don't think you can call, a, call it a statement win when you play against a backup quarterback who, like I said, has not really been the reason that they're winning. The only reason that Cooper Rush is helping them out is he didn't turn the ball over. Then what does he do in this game? He turns the ball over three times. So that's why I think the points are more of an opportunistic stat in this case that shouldn't be used against the defense when, again, they held the Eagles to 268 yards, which is the least amount of offense they've generated all year, like by a wide margin as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that it's like you talk about Cooper Rush being like, oh, well, they're only so good because he didn't turn it over. But then the Eagles played such good defense that he did turn it over. Like, I don't think it's necessarily that Cooper Rush like, forgot how to play football in this game. I think it's like the Eagles schemed a defense designed to take advantage of what Cooper Rush does poorly. And it worked. Like, I think, again, it was 20-17, to 17, yes, but at no point did I ever think the Eagles were going to lose that game. And I don't know how big a difference Dak would have made, honestly. Like, I think the <laughs> It would Eagles, have made a huge difference. Are you kidding? I don't think it genuinely would have. Like, I don't know. I think it's just a completely different game. And, like, to make these, like, wild claims about, like, oh, well, it had Dak been there. I think it's, like, unproductive. They're like, not, we that, had the wi- game they're that, not that wild, though. But the game would have played out completely differently, I think. And the Eagles what like the Eagles are very good at game planning for what they have to do. I think that's been seen in every single game this season. It would have been a different game had Dak been in it. What happened was they were presented with the Cowboys under Cooper Rush. They designed a game plan to beat the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. And they pretty much dismantled them in the first half to the point where, you know, they didn't really have to play super hard in the second half. Did they maybe overdo it a little bit? Did they rein it a little bit too much in the third quarter? Yes, but once the fourth quarter came and it was back to 2017, the defense locked down again. They drove down the field and scored a touchdown. Like, I, I don't think like there was ever any point where I thought the Eagles were going to lose that game. And I don't know if Dak being in there would have made a huge difference. Is the fact that Dak had 37 touchdowns last year, which is tied for fourth best in the league last year, <laughs> over 4,000 yards. He was seventh in passing yards last year. That doesn't sway you at all that Dak would have made a difference. He 100% would have made a difference. I just think it's a completely different game, and you like can't make like conjecture based on like what the Eagles would have done to play against Dak. We have an That's educated guess, I think, that Dak would have been better than Cooper Rush in this game. Jared, do you think it would have been a lack of to- turnovers from Dak's part or more big-time throws? Um, I think it mostly would have been lack of turnovers. Big-time throws, CeeDee Lamb's like kind of our only guy right now that can do that, and then we have to rely for Tony Pollard or <clears throat> Zeke to break off a big run. So I'm not sure about the big-time plays. I think they would have forced some turnovers out of Dak Prescott. Like the problem with again Cooper Rush is not that he has that not that he's been super turnover prone. To say that like Dak is like you know such higher level of a quarterback, they wouldn't have turned it over when Cooper Rush hadn't turned the ball over at all as quarterback, and the Eagles forced it out of him. I, I believe enough in the Eagles' defense and their scheme that you know I think it would have happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean maybe not three interceptions, but like. The Eagles game planned really well for what they had to do to beat the Cowboys. Bart, what was that stat you had earlier about the Eagles second half? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like they're in the bottom five, I think, both in the third quarter and fourth quarter in scoring. Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible to say whether it's because they are literally just bad or because they are just trying to run the clock out, like Lucas was saying. But, yeah, it might be a red flag. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Lucas. 
I just think that Cooper Rush, like a part of the reason why he's been good is he's a game manager, right? And they haven't really had to rely on him like all that much to like make big plays and come back. And here they were down early, which is credit to the Eagles for making them down early for sure. Um, but he's he's not the guy you want trying to come back from seven nothing, fourteen nothing, twenty to nothing. I think it was at some point. Like mm-hmm. Cooper Rush yeah. is not mm-hmm. the QB for that. Dak is more that QB. I think it's true that we can't really conjecture as to what Dak would have done. Maybe he would have thrown four picks. Um, but I am very interested to watch that uh that next Cowboys Eagles matchup. Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another thing Way too, I have to bring this up. I have to bring this up, up every time we talk about the Cowboys. Everybody wanted to tell me their offensive line was going to struggle so hard this year, and they're in the top. They are sixth in the league right now in sacks allowed. Sixth best in sacks allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't want that to get misconstrued. <laughs> sixth best in sacks allowed. I mean, come on, this. Dak with a clean pl- pocket is a very good quarterback. So I'm really excited. And they're, so they're playing the Lions, whose defense is like Swiss cheese, like has as many holes as Swiss cheese. So that should be a really good game. And then after that is the Bears, I think. So that should be like two preseason games to get warmed up for whatever's next. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was just going to say, it was, it was definitely strange how bad Dak looked in week one against the Bucs because he did look worse than his usual self. And so it will be good to see whether that was. Yeah. really just because the Bucks have such a good defense or if something is actually off with him. I hope he doesn't rush himself back, though, and, and re-aggravate it. I mean, I know the, the Lions are like, you know, he must be salivating yeah. as a quarterback to play that defense, but they'd probably win with Cooper Rush, too. So Yeah. Also, they are actually tied, tied for third, technically. They were just listed six <laughs> in this. Mm. So, very good, very good offensive line play is all I'm saying. What a leap. Uh. Well, the Eagles did have a good defense, or does do have a good defense? Just as probably just as well as Tampa Bay. And the overall consensus coming out of this Dak Prescott Cooper Rush mayhem is that regardless of who the quarterback is, this is the type of offense that they should be running: a low pass, heavy run, game manager style offense of this. And it's cl- very clear that if if you don't turn the ball over, you're, you're going to be very successful. I just don't know if it's if it's improbable that Dak Prescott doesn't have a game like Cooper Rush had, a multiple turnover-worthy game. Or maybe you ask him as a game manager to make one to two more big-time throws, but I'm not exactly sure that this is going to be an instant flip from what the Cowboys showed on Sunday to what the Cowboys are their hype says they're going to be because Dak Prescott did not look good in the first couple games as well. And we're spending a lot of times talking about the Cowboys during this segment. He played one game. Yeah. His first game. (laughs) Um, But we, we spent a lot of times talking about the, the Cowboys and I think the Eagles are legit. I mean, we've already ranked them the number one team in, in the NFL for our power rankings earlier, but I think that they are locked to win the NFC. I think that they, this was a (laughs) statement win for them. Uh, But more in the sense that, that we can win in any way, not that necessarily like we finally beaten the Cowboys. I don't think that that really means anything to them because I think that they are better and we knew that they were better coming into this. But I think that this is kind of more about Jalen Hurts and his ability to, to win games that actually matter. So I want to close this segment with this. We've tossed around the term franchise quarterback before. Do we actually view Jalen Hurts as a franchise quarterback? Like a guy you give a big contract to 
and see if they can sustain the success for that team. Do you do you think that that's possible, Lucas? I want to ask you. Yeah, I think it is. Like, I'm not going to say like at this point he has proven himself that he can be a franchise quarterback like for the long long term. But I think his career career trajectory is that of a franchise quarterback at this point. Like, sort of like improving year by year. At this point, he is a quarterback who has led them to an undefeated record. He can do it both with his arm and with his legs. Like, is he a perfect quarterback at this point? No, but I think at this point his career or his career trajectory is such that he is sort of leaning towards being a franchise quarterback. And so I would give him a deal at this point. I think that proves it. Unless something like really falls apart in the second half of this year, I think he's proven to himself that he's at least like an above average NFL quarterback. I think it's worth the investment because his career, his career trajectory is pointing towards him being a franchise quarterback. My take would be my take would be pay him early. I so I would want to see two good years out of Jalen Hurts before I would say he's a franchise quarterback. But my take would be pay him early so that his price doesn't go up if he is really good next year and you're like, all right, cool, we already locked him down. Mm-hmm. That'd be my philosophy. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like, um, co- contracts only stay, like if you overpay him, they only stay bad for like a year before another quarterback resets the market. <laughs> like the Carson Wentz contract looks terrible, but now he's like the 13th highest paid quarterback in the league. You know what I mean? It's not that bad anymore. Right. Plus, I mean, if you pay him now, then... Then the contract, then 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 you know, and then he gets better. Then you have a really good contract. Exactly. Uh, but if you're like, oh, let's wait and see if he's actually bad, and then we'll give him a contract. Then it's a terrible contract. So I don't understand like what the 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 two alternatives are if they are going to try to lower his price. Either they believe he's a franchise guy, or they, or they don't. And if they do after this year, I think that they should kind of go for it. And for a final segment before the show get, uh, ends, is we're gonna do some Thursday night football preview. Oh yeah, it's the Cardinals and the Saints. So the Cardinals and the Saints, <laughs> um, the Cardinals and the Saints kick off on Thursday night. Another, I don't even know if this is a good or a bad game. They now the Robbie Anderson Cardinals kick off on on Thursday against the Saints, who aren't very good. Neither team is really good. So I wonder who if Amazon is rethinking this deal. But we're gonna go through and we're gonna make our picks for the game. I'm just gonna go from my screen. Lucas, who do you have winning and what's the score? <sighs> This is hard because I think it is like to just like a bad teams again. I think I saw something that like Amazon is paying like 80 plus million dollars per game that they're broadcasting, mm-hmm. which feels like the worst investment in the history of ever. I'm going to go Saints on this one, I think, by a score of like 31 to 23. Um, I think that while neither of these teams have been good, the Saints offense at least has shown some signs of life throughout the season. Um and the Cardinals offense is only getting worse. I mean, I guess they traded for Robbie Anderson, but Hollywood Brown is out for the year, right, at this point. So I think it's going to take some time to work Anderson in as that number one guy probably at wide receiver. And I just think that, like, they've been so sort of struggling on offense already, and the Saints have been a little bit better on offense. So I'll give the edge to the Saints, 31-23. Yeah, I think you're very ambitious about the scores. You always pay. You always pick a team to score thirty, which is, uh, you know, know. What? let's root for a good game. I'm more compelled to 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 be more in the low fifteen range. I'm gonna go with <laughs> the low fifteen. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Cardinals nineteen, Saints thirteen, and I, I don't. I'm not exactly very confident about this, but I need to start creating some separation here in the Thursday night football rankings, uh, at least between the picks that I make. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cardinals nineteen, Saints thirteen. 
Bart, who do you have? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the Saints. Like Lucas, I think the Saints are like a borderline good team. Actually, I mean they they almost took the Vikes to overtime. The Vikes are five and one. You can argue they should have beaten the Bengals, <laughs> and we just ranked the Bengals in our power rankings. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw that the Saints reached the red zone five times and they scored one touchdown. It's terrible. Meanwhile, the Cardinals scored nine points against the league's arguably worst defense in the Seahawks. Kyler Murray has thrown six touchdowns in six games. One touchdown per game to the quarterback you just gave that juicy contract to. It's terrible. I don't think Robbie Anderson is going to make much of a difference. But I think the Saints are actually the better team. I'm going to say 24-17 Saints. The elite Saints. They uh, currently hold the number five overall pick if the... Well, the Eagles hold the number five overall pick if the season were to end today. Uh, I don't know. I like how you use the Vikings as one of your barometers for if a team is good or not. You were, we were talking about the Bears uh, last week, and you were like, they kind of played the Vikings well, as long close. as the Vikings have one of the best <laughs> records, then why shouldn't uh, I? He's allowed. Nah, were they ranked fourth in our rankings or not? As long as it's for October. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who ranked <Not> them? Though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who ranked them. It wasn't me either. I can't remember. Aiden did. Um, <laughs> Bart, you will come Love up with it. a new stat of like points against the Vikings. Some some sort of <laughs> statistic that said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Expected points. Yeah, expected points <laughs> against the Vikings. And Pythagorean the- points. Square. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aiden, you're up next between Cardinals and Saints. Who do you got? Oh, God. I'm just <laughs> not looking forward to this at all. I'm going 24-17, same as Bart, but in the other direction. I'm going Cardinals. Ooh. Maybe they'll break Ooh. out. Who knows what version of the Cardinals show up? They played the Eagles somewhat close. Maybe that version will show up. Maybe they're angry. Maybe Cliff <laughs> will really motivate the team because he's scared of being fired. Um, I'm not excited by Andy Dalton, so I'm going with the Cardinals here. I had to get excited by Andy Dalton. Uh, Jared, final round us out here. Who do you got? I'm gonna go Saints. Breaks the I'm gonna go with an optimistic score. I'm gonna say 30 to 13. A blowout. Yeah. So the Arizona is favored by one and a half, but you get three you get three points apparently just for being the home team. So I think that means Vegas wants you to bet on the Cardinal Cardinals so that you lose <laughs> money and go with the Saints. So I think the Saints are the better team here. Mm, Big brain. Yeah. I'm I'm very close to taking a Saints victory lap. On who? What do they? What? What makes them think they're so close to winning when they traded all those picks and stuff? Mm. But well, Chris Olave, Chris Olave also was not able to play last week because of concussion, and is going to be playing this game. Oh, that's Thomas, a that's a real fact. Jarvis Landry and Olave were all out. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, and they're still two and four. At least next real week, factor though. Next week we have Ravens Buccaneers, which hopefully is decent. But then <laughs> they follow up with Eagles Texans, which should be a blowout. Falcons, Panthers, Titans, Packers. Oh like, there's not very many good games left. Yeah, that's not good. Jets, Jags. Hopefully, week 16, 16 we can exactly. Look that's to the that. one I have circled on <laughs> yeah. the calendar. It's I think the Jets playoff implications prime time game this year. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna that is going to officially wrap up this episode. If you liked anything about the show, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. You can also follow us on our social medias at uh, on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. We hope to that you join us later in the week.